Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal! These guys are good! Scary good! And this crowd is going bananas! As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello everybody, welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me as always is my co-host and friend Nick Martin. And this is your episode for Thursday, October 13th. We got a decent slate of NHL action to go over, but we'll start with our favorite dogs as usual. And Nick, we're in agreement on yours, so I'll just hand it over to you. Yeah, so my favorite dog, the Stars are priced at plus 120 in Nashville tomorrow night, and I think that's a great number. We just saw Nashville play two very middling games in Prague. I think those were quite ugly at best. And I think similar kind of efforts hopefully won't go as far against Dallas as they did versus the Sharks. And with that said, they've obviously just traveled all the way home from Prague. So that could be a factor here. And I just think this is a situation where these are two close teams. I think we're getting a pretty good number because it's in Nashville. And I think a lot of the the little intricacies of this spot favor this the Stars. So I think plus 120 is a really strong number. And with that said, the, the Stars are as good as anyone at playing close games. So if there's a team you really want to get a, a good underdog price with, it's the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm on Dallas at plus 120 as well. Like you said, I think that we saw it when the futures market. These two teams were priced very close to where one another are. Uh, similar over-under, similar make-miss playoff odds. So the market's telling you that they're peers. And we're probably seeing this line open where it is, like you said, because it's in Nashville and because the Preds are two and up, right? They, they won those two games. They didn't look particularly sharp doing it, but you can get away with that against San Jose. I don't think you'll be able to do it against Dallas and the stars. We're banking on Jake Ottinger to be a top 10 ish goaltender. So the goaltending advantage with Saros is kind of muted there. My favorite underdog. And yes, I am an Islanders fan, but I like the Islanders at plus one ten. I think this line has room to grow on, on the aisles. They're home hosting the Florida Panthers minus one thirty. It's simple, right? The the Panthers are a team that both you and I are kind of fading because, frankly, they were being priced like a team in the preseason market that was going to be close to or at the level that they finished last season at. They were the President's Trophy winner, the number one seed in the entire league, uh, but they got worse. They got significantly worse on the back end over the offseason. They still have questions of goal. And when you throw in the fact that the Islanders have one of the best goaltenders in the league starting, in all likelihood, an Ilya Sorokin, it'll likely be Sorokin versus Bobrovsky. 
the Islanders should have a significant edge in goal. I think the Islanders are a good buy low team coming off a season where everything went wrong for them. So Islanders plus 110, we'll see where this one ends up. For sure. And I completely agree. I, I like this play too. And the one note I'd have is just, I think this is a spot where we'll see the public heavy on Florida. So chances are I would lean towards waiting or risking kind of, you know, I don't think you're going to lose value. If you wait for the Islanders tomorrow, you might see a better line. So yeah, I think that's my main comment I'd add there. Yeah, we are recording this on Wednesday, so we will try our best, as always, to kind of give you guidance on where we think the market will go so that the lines aren't stale. And that could be the case for this one as we go down the rest of the board. Senators are minus 115 on the road in Buffalo. The Sabres minus 105 right now. The over under six. This line, there's two lines on the board that we'll talk about that jumped off the page at me as I was kind of shocked. I thought that the Senators were going to open up as a bigger favorite. Perhaps they'll get there as the Senators hype seeps into the market. We talked about this team's as offseason. It's all you heard about in the summer. Pierre Dorian uh, signing Claude Giroux, training for Alex Debrinkit, bringing in Cam Talbot, who's hurt. But he he did a lot to shore up this team and perhaps turn them into a, a playoff outsider rather than a playoff long shot. Meanwhile, the Sabres didn't really do much to their roster. However, we're expecting the young players to take another step forward. And it's, they should improve off last season. It's just not being talked about in the same way as the Senators because I don't think the leap has as much of a ceiling as uh, Ottawa's does. So I'm going to wait out Buffalo, but I think we'll get there uh, on a decent plus number here at home. Yeah, that's exactly how I see it as well. I think it's it's surprising, but usually it's pretty easy to predict which way the public's going to see a game in the NHL. And I think this is one where definitely getting involved now, if you're going to go on the Sens, is probably the right idea. And then if not, just waiting to see what you can get on the Sabres tomorrow makes a lot of sense. The Arizona Coyotes, they're plus 280. Opening the season in Pittsburgh, minus 340. The over-under here is six and a half. This happened a couple times last year with the Coyotes. They went on that crazy run where they scored like 11 goals against Detroit, or nine goals against Detroit, I should say, and then Carol Vamelka like, stole one against Toronto. Like They they did collect a couple of notable wins, uh, and it, the one thing that all those wins had in common was Carol Vamelka standing on his head. Do you want to count on that? Absolutely not. Is the number good enough here? Plus 280 to bet on it? I don't think so. So this number would have to get much, much deeper on Arizona. And on the other side, like Pittsburgh, I just don't see Pittsburgh as a, they don't really profile to me as a team that will cover the the puck line or a team that you'd want to lay this kind of juice to cover the puck line because they're not, they are good offensively. Obviously they got Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Gensel, et cetera. But it's just that the pace isn't there. Like they're a much stronger defensive side than they are like a prolific offensive side. So that scares me a little bit here. Plus, I don't really trust the goaltending. So I'll stay away entirely. Yeah, my only two things I'll have my eye on on, on this one is sometimes you'll see different books post very outlier lines on first team to score. So if you can get well past three to one on Arizona to score the first goal and, you know, it's the first period of the season, you don't know exactly how it's going to go. You know, maybe someone makes an uncharacteristic breakdown. That'll be something I watch for. And then I'll also be watching for where Vejmelka's saves prop opens at. But that could be high. So, you know, <laughs> keep in mind if it's like 34 and a half, I'm not saying that that's, that's something I'm liking. Carol, the milkman. I'm telling you that he, he will do, there will be five times a season where the next episode we talk about him standing on his head and stealing a game off of one of these Stanley Cup contenders. Maybe it'll be next Tuesday when we recap a little bit Penn's Coyotes. Uh, let's move to Devils and Flyers. This one is taking place in Philadelphia. This was the other line I was alluding to. Uh, the Devils are minus 130 now. The Flyers plus 110. The over-under six. 
the early, early openers here had this as a pick them. Shocking. Now it's minus 130. I think that the devil's line, the line will still move towards New Jersey. It has room to grow here. I was thinking that I was going to get a decent number on Philadelphia to bet them against what I think is a flawed devil's team with bad goaltending, at least to start the season until proven otherwise. Uh, and those are the types of teams that don't profile well as favorites, especially on the road. But this number's not high enough on Philadelphia to get involved. And I know you are already in on New Jersey. Yeah, I got in on New Jersey as, as soon as I saw the pick price and tried to suggest everyone with the option to do so. I know that's probably going to be hard to do by the time this podcast comes out, but so it, it might be getting closer to a pass. But yeah, the, the Flyers roster just looks terrible. And there's actually in, even a worsening injury situation. Cam Atkinson's going to end up missing this game. They confirmed today uh, on top of the ones we already know about, the notable absences of Couturier and Ellis. So it's just... Carter Hart's barely played. Yeah, and yeah, I I see the line of thinking like on opening night. It's a little concerning. The Devils' soft uh, goaltending duo and and so on. Maybe the Tortorella factor. He's got them. He's got them rolling. But there's just too much of a talent gap between these two sides for me to worry about that. Is there a number you would play the Devils at and and say like that's the line that I want to cross? I would stop at minus one thirty. Okay. All right, let's move to your Washington Capitals. You're wearing a Washington Capitals jersey. Uh, at our recording, the Caps are plus 145, the Leafs minus 170. The over-under here is six and a half. Both these teams will be on a back-to-back, uh, so we'll likely see Ilya Samsonov take on his former team, the Washington Capitals, who will likely start Charlie Lindgren in his Capitals debut. One note, I think this is something to keep in mind. All season, Charlie Lindgren, he tore it up in the American Hockey League last year. Just tore it up. So... There are people in, you know, the goaltending community, the goalie analytics community who think Lindgren is maybe like the next Thomas Grice, the next Philip Grubauer, that goaltender, the backup goalie who will eventually play his way into a starting role in the NHL. So I don't think the drop off between Kemper, there is a drop off, but I don't think the drop off between Kemper and Lindgren will likely be as wide as the market may suggest. But that's more for, you know, as the season goes on. This one, I think it's caps or nothing. I'm, I'm not there yet, but Washington is traveling from D.C. on this back-to-back where, while the Leafs are coming home from Montreal. So there is like a little bit of a travel advantage for Toronto. But it's it's like with Samsonov, we just don't know what to expect from Samsonov is what I'm saying. So like laying one, minus 170 is, is pretty tough here. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, personally, this is one I like a play on the over a lot. And that's from someone who actually probably rates Charlie Lindgren and Samsonov higher than most. But these two teams have played a lot of high scoring games. 
uh, over the last two seasons. And I think that's just kind of the nature the caps don't necessarily have the D to defend their, the Leafs top stars by any means, but it's just one of those things. It's two teams that kind of like to attack and it always ends up being a little higher scoring. And I think in this back-to-back spot, it's just 6.5. It's, it's crazy to think with how much goal scoring is actually up, but I think 6.5 at close to pick them, it's minus minus one ten as of Wednesday afternoon. And I think that's a really great number. I, I personally just trying to recommend people get on that early. I think it's a spot we're seeing both sides score three is quite likely. So yeah, I, I think it's a good spot to back the over. And I, yeah, personally, I'm higher on both these goalies, but I just kind of think it's the nature of both these teams playing on a back-to-back early in the season that we could should see some breakdowns, should see some offense. The New York Rangers, they're off and running. They were shot out of a cannon on Tuesday night in their season opener. Looked really good in a win against the Lightning. They're plus 110 on the road against Minnesota, minus 130. The over-under here is six. Uh, this is another situation where the market rated these two teams very similar. I know they're in different conferences, so you got to take it with a grain of salt, but the over-unders were really close to one another. The, the make-miss playoffs, both were around that 18 to 20 to 1 range to win the Stanley Cup, and both are what the media likes to call, you know, dark horse or sleeper Stanley Cup picks when, you know, if you're 20 to 1 in the NHL, you're one of the top 10 favorites. So (laughs) I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say that generally the market, the betting market loves the Minnesota wild. So this is pretty interesting to see that they opened in a situation where the odds are suggesting a straight coin flip on neutral ice. Seems like most people, especially people who have models out there, public models would say the wild are the better team. So minus one thirty is a little bit too expensive for me, but I was surprised that this line open where it is. Of course, if we see a surprise start for Yara Halak, that changes everything, but I don't think we're going to get that in game two. So I'll be passing here unless this thing moves down to like minus 120 for Minnesota. Yeah, I don't really have anything here. The Rangers look unreal last night. I know neither of us are obviously big Rangers fans, but I think it's probably hard to say anything about that. So I think that maybe that'll attract some people on the Rangers here, but we'll see. I thought they played a really sharp game last night. And uh, yeah, I think that's kind of all I've got on that. Yeah, it brings up a good point to, you know, we talk about it at the NFL and it's college football more because those are once a week sports, but you'll see a little bit of an overreaction in the NHL in the early going. Like last year, I distinctly remember the Rangers losing and looking terrible in their opener against opening the Caps. Yeah, the against Caps. the Capitals. Yeah. yeah. And then they obviously got it together quickly. You could say the same thing about the Lightning last year. They they looked really bad in a loss against the Penguins and, and got their, their act together. So uh, you can pick those spots off a little bit. And I do think that the Rangers' performance on Tuesday is kind of having an effect here. Let's now move to Seattle and Los Angeles. We will talk about uh, the other two games that we skipped over in our best bet section. Seattle's plus 165 on the road in LA. They'll be on a back-to-back. The Kings are minus 195. The over-under is six. Los Angeles didn't look that great in a loss to Vegas on opening night. Lost with like 30 seconds left, but that game, they were lucky to still be in that game after the first period. Jonathan Quick was really good in those first 20 minutes. So I'm not saying that that's having an effect on what I'm saying here, but I do think that it did show us that the floor for the Kings is maybe a little bit lower than people expect. We do expect them to have some upside as well. Uh, this is a young emerging team that got better in the offseason with Kevin Fiala. Meanwhile, the Kraken, the two of us think that the ceiling's a little higher than the market kind of suggested. So I like Seattle here at a big number, even even on the back-to-back. So we'll see you know, Martin Jones, uh, Jesus, most likely, I think, in <laughs> uh, his old stopping grounds. But yeah, plus 165 is, I think, high enough to get in on, on Seattle. 
yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, but personally, I, I'm a pass on this one just because I, yeah, I think the numbers are just around right. I, I think we could see the Kings kind of bounce back after what was obviously a, a very tough loss with 30 seconds left or whatever it was. All right, uh, now let's move on to Top Shelf Bets, our favorite bets for Thursday, October the 13th. Top Shelf, where Mama hides the cookies. I'll let you start. Yeah, so my favorite bet on the whole slate, the Knights are minus 135 to cover the puck line versus Chicago as of Wednesday afternoon, and I think that's just a great number. The Knights clearly kicked it into gear as that game got going uh, last night, and I thought it was actually a pretty well-played game altogether. There were some miscues, but it was clearly fast pace, and and a lot of things went right. I thought Logan Thompson had a pretty good night for giving up three goals against, so that's a good factor. Uh, Mark Stone obviously looked really good. So I think this is just going to be a spot where where Vegas, like they're going to want to come out of the gates hot. I don't see them playing and playing down to Chicago's level in this spot. Chicago play in in Colorado tonight, which will obviously be another fast-paced, tough matchup. And I think we should just see the Knights take advantage of of exactly this spot. I liked what I saw some from Vegas, and I'm high on the mentoring this year relative to the market. And I think this is just a good spot to to go right back in on them. To me, this this is a spot where you can basically do whatever you want with like alternate lines, alternate team totals for the Knights. Let's just look at that defense for Chicago. I mean, we're talking about Jack Johnson, Jared Tenorti playing top four minutes with, with Seth Jones. It's, it's going to be ugly. And then you look at the bottom six and there's guys who I've never heard of. It's, it's really, really an ugly situation for Chicago throwing the fact that Alex Stalock will likely be the starter with them on a back to back. And yeah, I think, you know, puck line, alt puck line, team totals for, for Vegas, whatever. However you, you goal can get creative. First 10. Yeah. yeah goal I, first 10 I like for Vegas. goal first 10 for Vegas. We've seen they over a relatively big sample size uh, at home, their whole history, they love to come out and score the first goal quick. So if you can get a decent number on them to score in the first 10, I like that. And then last night we were on Jack Eichel shots. If that holds near where it was, I think that's going to be another great number. If you can get over three and a half at plus money again, that's that's awesome because they're probably going to come out and dominate. I don't really see who's going to hold Eichel at bay. Should be lots of power time, power play time as well. So, yeah, I think public will be all over it, and I think they should be. I think that line's probably going to move. So just try to take what you can get early. For me, I like Calgary. They're minus one twenty. At home against the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche, who are even money underdogs. In my mind, these are the two best teams in the NHL. Uh, there is a little bit of a gap between Colorado and Calgary. But while the Avalanche got worse in the offseason, I think Calgary got better. The goaltending mismatches there because it'll probably be Pavel Francois with it looks like Georgiev's going to go Wednesday night. So we'll see Francois and whoever it is. It's Markstrom is the better goalie. Uh, at play here, we know about Calgary's defensive structure. So they'll be able to handle at least they project to be able to handle the Colorado's prolific offense. So in a matchup where there's the margin between these two teams probably isn't as wide as the market suggested in the preseason, the fact that you get Calgary at home and Colorado coming in off a of back-to-back after they unfurled their Stanley cup banner the night before, I think it's a pretty good spot to back the flames. Uh, I wouldn't go higher than minus minus one thirty, but I like it at minus minus one twenty right now. Yeah. I don't like to get, you know, too much down the line of like motivation type narratives, but it does seem like a spot where just everything favors the flames and it could be hard for the abs to get up for what will surely be a, a tough, tough outing on a back-to-back to start the season. Like could be one of those things to the abs. How much do they really care compared to the flames right. to get up for this game and, and play at their highest level? Who had game number two for the avalanche to be an underdog this season? 
That's pretty <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. It, it is pretty crazy. All right. So that's uh, the Islanders and Stars as our favorite underdogs. Golden Knights minus one and a half and Calgary Flames on the money line as our favorite bets. For Nick Martin, I'm Michael Lebuff. That concludes another episode of Line Change. We'll see you again on Tuesday morning. Until then, best of luck with all your bets.